Well, hello, and welcome once again to the One Link Podcast. I'm joined today by Brad. Wonderful to be here with you in the luxurious One Link Studios, Amy. <laughs> it is indeed. Well, Brad, we've been going through the book of Acts for a while now, but we're going to take a pause on that and introduce a new series. That's right. We didn't get to the end of Acts, but we can always pick it back up later, right? Exactly. So what did you have in mind for our next series? Well, in recent months, the topic of social justice and racial inequality has been on the minds of many people in our country. So I thought it might be good to talk about this for several episodes on our podcast. That is a very timely topic and a very important one. And a very big and complicated topic. Yes, it is. That's, that's very true. So where do we begin with such a large topic? Well, first, it might be good to answer the question of, aren't we straying away from the original purpose of this podcast? Uh, after all, we're supposed to be talking about fulfilling the Great Commission and international missions, not social justice, right? True. And I can imagine that might be on the minds of some of our listeners. Right. So why don't I just share a bit of how the Lord has been speaking to me in this area and how it connects to the vision and mission of our organization. Great. I look forward to hearing it. Well, like many of our listeners, uh, all of the news surrounding the death of George Floyd and the ensuing protests that have taken place around the country have been very impactful to me. In fact, it has caused me to do a lot of soul searching related to equality and justice in our country. Yeah, it, it seems that as a nation, we've been really doing a lot of soul searching in the wake of this tragic death. Indeed. And if I can be honest, it, it saddens me that it took this topic becoming so prominent that we couldn't ignore it for us to begin the soul searching. Certainly injustice is not new in our country, but we can always say, well, what can we do about such things? Yeah. And this time it seems we, we can't avoid grappling with the realities of the wounds, both past and present, that exist in our country. Mm -hmm. At the same time, Amy, I'm traveling around to campuses and talking about the vision of all nations, every ethnic group, worshiping Jesus together for all of eternity. So if this is the picture we have of eternity and what we're ultimately aiming for as an organization, I don't know how we can ignore, ignore racial tensions and inequalities, particularly if they exist among followers of Jesus. Yeah, that makes sense. It certainly does seem like, well, we should start practicing for eternity. Exactly. But despite this revelation, I've continued to tell myself, well, what can I do? This issue is so big and complicated. What could I actually contribute to the discussion? And I'm still in the middle of wrestling with this, but I'm hopeful this discussion can that we're having can be a start. That sounds good. So, yes, I, I think many of us can relate to this feeling of being overwhelmed and really unsure of how to be part of the solution. Right. And like many others, I've mostly sat back and watched what has been unfolding. Certainly, I've prayed for the situation in our country, but I haven't really engaged this at a deeper level until recently. So what's been your greatest source of hesitation related to this topic? Well, it probably starts with how much I dislike conflict. You know, I want to see everyone getting along, and I definitely don't want anyone to be mad at me. You know, Amy, the more I think about it, I may be a nine on the Enneagram like we talked about at our staff retreat a few weeks ago. <laughs> that would certainly explain some things. But you look at social media and news outlets and people are upset at each other. I mean, the comments section of some of these Facebook posts that I've seen are enough to make me think, I'm going to stay far away from this. And so I think it's been intimidating to know how to enter into the discussion when there is this insecurity that someone might misunderstand me or that there could be tensions or friction caused. 
Yeah. And again, I think many of our listeners can probably relate to this same insecurity. I'm sure. And there are also so many false dichotomies that, that have been created, in my opinion. Are you going to support law enforcement in this country? Are you going to support social justice? Are you going to support this political group or that one? So on and so forth. And I'm sitting here thinking, I, I don't want to have to take sides in such a binary way. I just want to be on Jesus' side and, and do what will honor him. And so I've been trying to put aside all the noise, so to speak, and, and just explore how I can honor the Lord in responding to everything that, that's been happening. That sounds like a good way to go about it, but there really aren't a lot of people who are posting things for one side or the other who, who reference their faith as the reason they have come to for their conclusion. I love the fact that you aren't afraid to ask the hard questions, Amy. And yes, the, that is a complicating factor that people refer to faith as to why they believe one way or the other. And I think this is why I've been trying to search my own heart rather than having some knee-jerk reaction to different views. So how's that been going? Some days better than others. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and let me say that my goal in this podcast is just to get our audience thinking and considering about how this issue intersects faith and how it intersects missions. Uh, I really don't have an axe to grind here. Yes, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can explore this issue over the next few podcasts and do it in ways that will communicate grace and a spirit of humility. I really do too, Amy. So you've mentioned that you've been searching your heart a bit. Yes, thank you. Uh, we all have things in our heart, if we're going to be really honest, pride, wounds, insecurity, that, that affect how we respond to sensitive issues like this. I think in particular, there's a defensive reaction that can happen when we start to talk about racial inequality that says, hey, what, what are you saying? I, I'm not a racist. I haven't done anything wrong. And so I've been trying to get past this initial defensive posture and be open to what the Lord might want to say to me. So what has the Lord been teaching you through all this? Well, if I could sum it up in a word, it would be courage. So often I see my hesitancy to engage these kinds of topics is based in fear. Fear of what others might think, fear of people misunderstanding me. And I particularly felt a fear or concern related to the fact that I'm the leader of an organization and not wanting to create any negative feelings towards the cause for which I work. Well, that sounds somewhat reasonable, Brad. We, we certainly want to be aware that our actions can affect others and the organizations of which we are affiliated. I think it's good to be aware of these things, but it isn't ultimate. Obedience to the Lord is ultimate. So while we factor in how things may appear to others, we still have to be courageous and follow Christ. I agree. So maybe you can be more specific then regarding how the Lord has been calling you to be courageous. Sure. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching the Global Leadership Summit. This is a yearly conference aimed at helping leaders grow, and I was really challenged by some of the speakers. Yes, and if I remember correctly, the Lord spoke to you about taking the role that you're in now several years ago at a Global Leadership Summit. That's right. Good things seem to come out of times when I participated in this event. So anyways, I was listening to one of the speakers, and she was challenging the audience to not retreat into what she called safety zones. She said that in response to the issue of injustice, many leaders have retreated to a couple of safety zones. And she made this statement that just hit me like a ton of bricks. She said, you cannot make it an impact while being comfortable. That is to say, lasting impact only happens when we're willing to move out of our comfort zone and not play it safe. That is a powerful statement. Yes, most, most people I know who've made an impact in the world were willing to take risks. Absolutely. So what were the two safety zones that the speaker was talking about? 
The first one that she mentions is the safety zone of fear. Huh, that's interesting. Fear isn't usually associated with safety. Right. But the way she explained it made a lot of sense to me. Basically, what prevents a lot of people from being courageous and engaging the topic of social injustice and discrimination in our country is that they're afraid of how people might respond, just like I was speaking about. Pastors fear that they may lose church members. Businesses fear that they may lose customers. Everyone fears that their friends may not like what they have to say. And so the safest thing is to do nothing, or at the very least, just make some token gesture related to diversity, basically to play it safe. I see. Well, it seems like there could be some wisdom in not stirring up more controversy, since this is a divisive issue. I mean, we've seen people make provocative posts on social media, and it doesn't always seem to help forward the conversation. Yes, I agree. And there's a place for self-control and being careful with words, absolutely. I don't think that venting on social media is the solution the speaker was thinking of. But she said several things that challenged my thinking on this issue. The first statement she made is that when there's injustice, neutrality comes at a cost. When our society is deeply divided and people are suffering because of discrimination, just being not racist isn't enough. We need to proactively be part of the solution. Yes, and I'd like to ask you more about what proactively being part of the solution looks like in in a minute. But first, I wanted to ask you whether you felt like this first safety zone was applicable to your life and leadership. Thank you for asking me that honest question, Amy. And at first, I thought this wasn't very applicable to my, my own life. But the more I pondered it and prayed about it, I realized that there was fear involved in my inactivity. Mostly, I was just fearful to enter into something that seemed so messy and where there were no easy solutions. I was also afraid someone might misunderstand me, that they might put me in some kind of category. Oh, you're on that side. Or, oh, you're one of you know those liberals or postmodern or... Or you're just jumping on the bandwagon. And like many people, I posted something related to this on our social media uh, platforms. But I didn't want to engage the issue too much or too specifically. So I made this video, you probably remember, that was about as generic as possible. Basically, Jesus loves people and so should we. I mean, maybe I'm being a little hard on myself, but it it was pretty safe. And since watching the Leadership Summit, I've been grappling with the idea that in order to have impact, we can't always play it safe. Right. And I can see some of what you mean. And at the same time, it seems like this is a difficult balancing act. So what would you have done differently if you could go back? The truth is, I don't know. That is some of what I hope we can explore together on these upcoming podcasts. But at the very least, I would have sought the Lord more in how to respond. I think I mostly sought Brad and on this and responded to my own insecurities rather than saying, Lord, I want to lead in a way that will honor you. Yes, I I think you're right. We do need to seek the Lord on how to respond to complicated situations. So tell tell us more about this second safety zone that the speaker mentioned. This was the safety zone of inadequacy. Again, two words that aren't usually associated with each other, but I've got a feeling that she did a good job of connecting them together. Indeed she did. How she summarized this was the fact that people look and see how big a problem is, and so they decide to do nothing. We think, I'm powerless to affect such a massive, complicated issue. So we shrug our shoulders and do nothing. I can see how many people would feel powerless in the face of everything that was happening in our country this summer. Yes, and this is exactly what I felt as well. What am I going to say that thousands of other people haven't already said? 
These issues have been going on for centuries. What can little old me do to make a difference? And she responds to this mindset by saying, just because you don't have all power, it doesn't mean that you have no power. And that was an impactful statement as well. So often we think that that if we can't make everything better, that we should do nothing. And her point is, we're all called to change those parts of the world that our influence touches. We must determine what we can change and change it big or small. That is a powerful statement. It is. Another thing she mentions is that we are wrong to think that someone else is better equipped to do what we are assigned to do. We, you know, we've all been called and assigned to our position in the places we work and minister and also in our social circles. No one else has that unique opportunity and access. So we can't just pass the buck on being an agent for change. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, But what I'm wondering, and I'm assuming many of our listeners are wondering too, is what does this look like practically? Practically speaking, how do we make a difference in these areas that our influence touches? That's a great question. And I think it's what often causes us to throw up our hands and say, what can we do? But we have to be willing to take the time. This isn't, you know, there's no quick, quick answer here. You know, take the time, make the investment to explore this more rather than just running off and making some token gesture or doing some well-intended but poorly thought out action related to this. And as I said earlier, I hope we can explore this further in upcoming episodes. But before we can come up with some practical next steps, we need to begin to check our own hearts. Do we tend to get defensive when the topic of racism and discrimination comes up? Do we find ourselves saying, yeah, but, you know, every time we hear about this, or are we willing to listen and try to understand things from someone else's perspective? I think this applies to all sides of the debate. Is there a spirit of grace and a desire to understand where others are coming from and how we approach this topic? There's a reason why the Bible calls us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Our goal in engaging this topic shouldn't be to prove to everyone that, that we're right and they're idiots. Our goal should be to honor God and communicate the love of Christ to others. That's a really good point. And I think we also need to challenge ourselves and our listeners to be people of prayer during this time. We should be praying for healing in our nation, praying for our own hearts, praying for others. The issue may be big and complicated, but nothing is too big for God. Amen. Well, Brad, you've given us a lot to think about today, as has this speaker at the Global Leadership Summit. And I sure look forward to exploring and praying about this topic more. Well, why don't we do that right now while we're still recording this podcast? I know it isn't our usual habit, but I think we need to make sure to do what we're asking our listeners to do. So let's pray. Let's do it. God, we thank you that, that all things are possible with you, that no issue, no matter how confusing or complicated, is too big for you. Father, will you help us look into our own hearts and deal with our own insecurities and even prejudices? Will you help us to grow in loving our neighbor as ourselves? That we would learn to love people who are racially, culturally, or socioeconomically different than ourselves. Help us to not be paralyzed with inactivity, but help us to know how we can honor you and become agents of reconciliation. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we'll see you next time on the One Link Podcast.